You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we spoke with head coach of Westmont, Rob Ruiz. Coach Ruiz, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, You know, I wanted to start out by kind of having you give your bio. Um, You know, baseball is not always the most linear path, and I always find it interesting to see where coaches have been to kind of get a sense of where they currently are. So if you could start us off there, that'd be great. Yeah, I think uh I think uh my coaching path is is probably not quite as common as some. Um I've been in the profession for 15 years and uh and I've only been at two schools. So I feel very fortunate to have worked for places that I was able to kind of dig my feet in. I spent my first 5 years coaching at Azusa Pacific University. Uh, I got my masters there. Um and helped out as an assistant coach all the way up through the title of associate head coach before I left. Um, after my five years there, had quite a bit of success as an assistant coach. Felt like I learned a lot in that program. Um, and fortunately, it prepared me to be a qualified candidate for the job at Westmont 10 years ago. So in the summer of 2009, I interviewed for the job here at Westmont and um, was offered the job and accepted it and uh, really haven't looked back. Uh, so I'm just now starting my 10th season here at Westmont. Um, a lot's been accomplished in that time. It's been a long journey, but uh, certainly grateful for the opportunity and the support I've had here on this campus and uh, and the coaching staff we've been able to put together to, to be able to have a little bit of success over the long term. No, most certainly. Um, you know, it, it seems like when you took over at Westmont, uh, you built the program up uh, slowly but surely, and now it appears that you know you're you're coming off i think your third best season from a record perspective um you know you pretty much man can manage to get about 30 wins per season over the past 6 or 7 um you know what was that like building that program up from when you first got there and you know what kind of steps did you take i think um consciously to be able to kind of make those leaps and bounds yeah, I think uh, I think first and foremost, it was all about creating a vision that we really believed in, and it was about committing to that vision. Um, you know, especially when you're not winning games, that can be difficult. We were 13 and 34 my first season, um, but we knew mm-hmm. where we were going, and we believed in that. And uh, we really just try to, um, as a coaching staff, get our minds around the concept of just really, truly laying a foundation. I think that gets that phrase gets tossed around, but we really wanted to be committed to some core values and some things that we thought really mattered. And uh, we wanted to make those visible in the way that we coached and the way we recruited and the types of guys we brought in. We wanted people around us that, that believed in what we believed in. And we felt like success would naturally become a byproduct of, you know, creating um, a culture in our program that reflected the values that we thought mattered for successful organizations. And so um, we really started there. Uh, We started, by figuring out how how can we recruit the right type of kid that fits uh, what what's going to work at Westmont College academically, socially, uh, athletically, um, and uh, and we started small. We didn't try to make any quick band aid fixes. Uh, we tried to recruit players that were going to develop over their four years and become guys that could take this program somewhere it hadn't been, and um, and that was a slow sort of tedious process that was painful at times because we took our lumps early. As I said, we started out 13 and 34, um, but slowly each year our win total up until uh, breaking the season, a single season wins record 
I think three years consecutively finally had a season where we, we, we won less games than the previous year, but I think it was just about seven years in a row where we each year slowly built off of the previous year. And, and I think that that was really a reflection of our commitment. Like I said, to, um, to staying true to our core values, to not trying to take any shortcuts, to make sure that we were handling our recruiting with care. We were taking care of our resources, that we were working hard to build relationships on our campus um, and be an active member of the community here. Just sort of find ways to create a program that players weren't only excited about, but alumni were excited to come back to. And over time, that was really, it was really re rewarding. You know, it took some time, but uh, like I said, we ended up winning um, breaking the single season wins record first time ever in the national, uh, tournament. Um, and, uh, and quite a few other records that were broken over those years that, um, that were really, I think sort of the fruit of several years of hard labor, but it was, you know, it was all towards, uh, um, a specific target goal of getting the program to a place where it was thriving. And it's been a lot easier to manage that now because our program's in a place where we feel like, athletes want to come play here we don't have to convince them that it's a good option um now you know now it's about finding the right kid and continuing to to put together a product that the guys who have poured into this program can continue to come back and be proud of definitely and you know like i said it's one of those things where you know you you build on that and it doesn't happen all all in one night most of the time uh clearly there are examples especially in the case of um i think your conference where that has been overnight we we already spoke yep. with uh coach mckinley over at um at william jessup and he's moved on but you know and yep. that was definitely a crazy overnight success but what i find most interesting that you mentioned is you had the ability to start uh, honing in on the types of players that you want at westmont and yep. what i think is so interesting about that is obviously when you first kind of came in those aren't necessarily all your guys um, that you recruit and then you slowly start to build a class and then each successive class, you kind of build an archetype for the type of player that you're looking for. Um, and yeah. now, you know, it's a sustained uh, recruiting success and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, can you walk us through what a day in the life looks like of one of your players? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and before I jump on that, I would say, um, you know, um, just sort of looking back at, at the longevity of what we did and kind of your comparison with us and William Jessup, they were certainly a, an, an overnight success in terms of the ability that of Jake to quickly turn that thing around and, uh, and make them mm -hmm. a national competitor, which was phenomenal work by him. Mm -hmm. I think for us, our vision definitely was a maybe a little different. It was a long-term goal. Um, we're really, right. uh, my vision here was, sustainability. I think that that's, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing us to Jessup. I think they do an amazing job. Uh, I, I'm thinking more, more in terms of just sort of how our vision has played out um, is, you know, I think it's always been a long-term goal for me. And, uh, and that's probably why I'm still here 10 years later, um, really wanting to make yeah. this program something that, that players for, for the years to come will be able to come back and feel like they still are part of the same program. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that really did come down to recruiting. That's obviously a huge part of what we do and, um, and, uh, and kind of brings us to today. Like, you know, when I'm sitting down with the recruit and talking to him about what a day in the life looks like on our campus, um, you know, it's, pr it's pretty similar to what it was eight, nine or 10 years ago when I stepped foot on campus. Um, but, but generally speaking over the course of a week, um, 
when, you know, we're going to be strength conditioning typically four days a week and currently in season, that won't be early mornings. That's going to probably be evenings, um, more of a maintenance program, but most kids are going to wake up, go to breakfast, um, probably have one class uh, in the morning. If it's a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, we have chapel. We're a Christian college. So chapel um, is 1030 to 1115 or 1120 on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So typically on a on a Monday, there'd be breakfast, maybe a morning class, um, chapel, and then one or two more classes and lunch before we get out to the field for practice. Um, practice typically is going to look, hopefully, um, structure from a structure standpoint, same type of experience that a kid would potentially get maybe at a Division One. That's our hope that we're modeling our program after the best in the country at the highest level. So um, there's a lot of, you know, there's early work, individual work with position coaches um, before we get into our full team practice. Uh, typically, we're going to be on the field roughly from about 2.30 to 5.30, top to bottom, with all of that included, the extra work and uh, full team practice. And once that concludes, um, guys will either going to be in a, they'll either be in a strength program, uh, or they'll be off to dinner or they're off to class. Um, and, uh, at some point in the night, their, their, their strength groups are broken into smaller groups. So they may be on different times. And then it's really, it's dinner and studying, um, and getting prepared to do it all over again the next day. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. the, the commitment to being a college athlete, I'm sure it's the same at most places is really, um, it's a full-time commitment. It's, it's a lot of practice. It's it's a commitment to the weight room, and it's commitment to being an, an elite student, and uh, and that that's going to consume a good majority of our time. No, that's very helpful to uh, be able to envision and see. You know, it's it's an interesting question because, like you said, um, there are some ways where you know most schools are going to be very similar in how they kind of structure the day. But you know, right. it, when you talk about breaking it down and envisioning what that's like and what that commitment is like, it's so important to know that it really is like having a couple full-time jobs. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's a very, uh, difficult, uh, challenge, but, uh, you know, your athletes tend to make it look pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is going to be kind of an easy question, or at least I think I know the answer. Um, obviously Westmont is in gorgeous Santa Barbara, California. But what do you like most about the Westmont campus or facility? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's in Santa Barbara. That's pretty easy. You know, we uh, we always recommend that all of our recruits visit campus. Uh, there's a lot to see here. We're in the mountains. Um, you can see the ocean from multiple spots on campus. Um, you know, it's about a five-minute drive to the beach, but yet we're still tucked away up in the mountains. Our Our facility was completely rebuilt. 10 years ago when I took the job. So in the summer of 2009, they were, um, the construction was fully underway on, on rebuilding the entire playing surface, dugouts, fencing, netting, everything was redone scoreboard. Um, so uh, we have a beautiful facility, um, that gets re-leveled every year, kind of a long story and how, how that's happening. But, uh, um, so it, it's just maintained what it's been, in terms of the surface playability and just the level uh, of surface that we think we have. So it's an awesome, awesome facility. It's often, uh, you know, somewhere in the range of 75 degrees to 80 degrees. It's warm. It's not, you know, too hot. The climate's excellent. And uh, um, 
it's just an awesome place to come to work every day. Santa Barbara is beautiful. The hills of Montecito are, are tough, tough to beat. And I love the fact that our campus is, it's somewhat remote. And in that sense, it's, it's, uh, it's a little quieter. I think, um, you know, we really feel like, um, there aren't a lot of distractions when it's time to get our work in, we can lock in and get our work, our work in and, uh, and in a place that's just pretty amazing. Um, so, you know, um, the baseball field itself in terms of facilities would be the, the standout highlight for me, but the campus itself, the geography and the layout for a small college, I think we have a lot of square footage and acreage on this campus that, um, um, makes us a little bit different than some other small schools. I think kids and families usually see that when they visit, um, for, for our enrollment, the campus is pretty spread out and, uh, the facilities are really nice. Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, schools all over the country, um, and lately it's been with schools in the Northeast. And when you yeah. talk about, you know, it's February and and you guys are dealing with you know seventy five degree weather right. or or maybe a little cooler. Um, yeah, clearly that's that's a nice place to be, especially when you're talking about baseball. Um, but obviously, you know, there are are, are pluses and minuses to both. But um, sure, that's really cool. I would imagine that'd be very uh, nice area and the fact that you have new facilities is, is very cool as well. Um, yeah. What makes Westmont baseball so special? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a great question. I think it's a, it's a complex answer. Um, you know, I'd say first and for, foremost, just being part of the, the campus community that we're a part of Westmont college, I think is a special place. I believe in the mission of this institution and, you know, they've given us the freedom to build this program sort of under the umbrella of that mission. And, um, I think I think we have an unbelievable campus community that supports our not only our athletic program, but specifically our baseball program. And so just the, the fact that we're able to work so closely with our administration, with our faculty, um, with our student body, um, I think that's a small piece. But but it really is the thing that fuels the entire engine, allows us to run the program in a way that makes makes our program special. I think for small colleges in the NAIA. Um, one thing where, where you'd probably see us stand out, our school is pretty, um, uh, I guess elite is a strong word, but we're, we're high in the rankings academically. In some rankings, we've been listed as the top academic institution in the NAI. Um, in our baseball mm -hmm. program, we, um, we've, we've recruited heavily on the high school side. Uh, we do have some transfers in our program, but I think we look a little bit different than a prototypical NAI, depending obviously on who you're talking to. Um, in terms of our ratio of four-year players to transfers, um, and I've really valued the ability to work with quite a few, um, a high percentage of four-year athletes in our program. Um, so, I mean, what makes us special? Uh, there's a million answers to that. I have an I have three assistant coaches that have been with me for ten years. Um, you know, I think that's sort of longevity and continuity in my coaching staff is rare in small colleges. And so I feel very fortunate for that. Um, and uh, um, we've been able to move, I think 11, 11 players have been drafted or signed free agent contracts in the last five years. So for a, a school, a small Christian liberal arts college of about 1200 students to do that in the last five years, move 11 guys on a lot of those guys being undrafted out of high school, most of them, um, I feel like that's something that sets us apart in, in terms of small college baseball. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I'd probably, I'd probably say those are some of the main, main points. 
It's funny you mentioned the you know MLB um, because I feel like, and I've I've talked to a few coaches about this, and it's something that we discuss quite frequently, you know, in the offices of college baseball match. But this notion that you need to go D one or bust in order to right. be noticed or or fulfill some dream of playing uh, you know professional baseball is pretty much unfounded because what it comes down to is are you on the field um, performing, and if you are. Scouts will find you. And, you know, we have a, a good friend, um, Paul Kogan with the Dodgers who talks about all the time that it's important to quote, be on the, uh, on, you know, be on the field when you're fruit ripened, so to speak. Otherwise it doesn't yeah. really matter if you're suiting up D one or not. Um, right. scouts will find you. And so, you know, you, you speaking to that is definitely affirming that belief. Yeah. And I, we've always sort of, it's something that's important for our recruits to hear, you know, uh, we think the same message is, is really, important and just prevalent in the in the conversation with prospective athletes these days uh, choosing a, a small college obviously you need to do your homework and figure out which one you're you're talking to and what their track record is but choosing a small college certainly is not quitting on your aspirations to be a professional baseball player um just had the opportunity even just this year to uh to drive up to Oakland and watch a, a former Westmont guy that we coached pitch in the big leagues so, um, yeah, you know, uh, it happens, uh, all the time at small colleges. I think I, my advice to students and families that are looking for the right college match is figuring out where development is happening and who's moving guys on. Uh, certainly you can, you can do your homework and you can find programs that are making that happen. And, and to your point, um, it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're not playing, you're not going to be, it's going to be a lot harder to turn in a, a guy from a scout standpoint that's not on the field, that's not putting up numbers, that's not out proving their abilities at the college level. It can be hard to get that guy to move on. Um, and so I think that's an absolutely valid point. And we've found that to be true here time and time again. You know, one of the things, you know, we're talking about matches and and, and I think it's the, the, the college recruiting process comes down to, um, you know, really determining what filters as a student athlete and your parents and coaches look at. And it's, it's trying to find the best match for those filters, those opposing viewpoints, if you will. And opposing is not necessarily the best word, but you understand kind of what I mean is like yep. both coach and player school and player are trying to determine what is their filtering method for figuring out what's best. And so when it comes to Westmont, um, from a match perspective, what are the basic requirements that you guys look for in a match, both athletically and academically? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, uh, that's really, that's the question that we had to answer when we started here 10 years ago. And we've really sort of refined that over the years to know, to get to a point today where we feel really comfortable sort of under, you know, a small enough set of circumstances, feel like we can evaluate that pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say first and foremost, athletically, you know, being the type of school that we are, um, we aspire to have a nationally ranked national contending type of a program year in and year out. And, um, that, that expectation probably didn't become real until about five years ago, but you know, that's been something that we've been able to do fairly regularly since then and kind of keep that as part of our, you know, one of the standards where we've set the bar, but, um, you know, we're also a private liberal arts Christian college, one of the most, uh, one of the strongest Christian liberal arts colleges in the country from an academic standpoint. And so um, figuring out fit here is critical. And uh, and so therefore we can't do things like in the recruiting process, like 
set a velocity floor, right, for a pitcher and say, if you throw under 88, we won't recruit you. We we found that those methods, while they work some places, certainly will, will not work here. Um, academically, we need really motivated students. There's some movement and fluctuation in GPA versus test score, but we're going to need the better student we can find, um, the more academic merit scholarship they're going to qualify for, the easier it may be for us to put together a financial aid package that makes it feasible for them to come here. Um, but there's our school does a really good job of of awarding financial aid to families that demonstrate need. So there, there's a couple of ways to help that happen. But in that process, you know, we're putting out this filter and trying to find a kid that really wants to be at a small Christian liberal arts college. Um, finding that first and then figuring out athletic fit is is sort of like almost the second piece for us. We found that the kids who really want to be here, that really buy into the type of institution that we are, that want to be given the opportunity to be shaped and grow in this type of environment are kids that typically have, I would say, excelled on the baseball field. But um, we try not to put too many uh, parameters on things like a 60 time or a raw arm strength or, you know, exit velocity. We look at all those metrics. They matter. We're trying to find the kids that are doing that are performing at the highest levels. Um, you know, both in their high school programs and in their tra- in their travel, wherever they're playing travel ball. Um, but I think that uh, ultimately, you know, it's students that are um, competing in the higher. Obviously, we'd love to have a bunch of 4.0s, but I, generally speaking, we're looking for kids that are above a 3.0. Um, we 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 want to get that GPA as high as we can. Test scores, we're looking for, um, you know, just kids that are competing at the higher percentiles. Um, and then uh, athletically kids that are, you know, typically we want to bring in kids that are the best players in their high school program. That's really a simple way to put it. Um, but we understand that, you know, we're going to value a kid for what he does well. Some kids that are great runners, um, you know, that aren't going to hit for as much power. I'm not going to shy away from that kid, but I love a guy that can hit for power too. So just figuring out who's the best fit for our school and then how does their skill set match what we might need or how could we use their skill set? maybe to change um, our ability to have success. And so I think the makeup of our program athletically can look different year to year. Some years we got a bunch mm-hmm. of high velocity guys. And then other years we've got some mid range velocity guys with a ton of run and sink or cut on their fastball that can move it and, uh, and throw three or four pitches for a strike consistently because, because we found at Westmont, when you find kids that really fit here, they're going to thrive here and we can maximize their skill set. So hopefully that makes sense. It's kind of a, a roundabout answer, but that's really how we've looked at recruiting. No, that's, that's very helpful. Um, you know, as a follow-up, what mechanisms do you typically use to discover players that are a match for your school? Yeah. I mean, we, we use quite a few, um, our prospect camps have been huge for us, uh, because we, we get time on campus to meet kids, interact with them, to watch them compete over the course of in the summer, it's a couple of days. Um, and typically kids that are, we assume kids that are coming to our prospect camps are genuinely interested in being at a place like Westmont. Um, but uh, we also go out to a variety of showcases and, uh, and camps and tournaments. Uh, we'll head out to, um, you know, our fair share of high school games. But um, th- th- those are some of the initial things. And then j- prospect uh, videos, profiles. I mean, we- if a student sends us something, we're, one of us is going to watch it. Um, and so we're really um, kind of trying to be as open as we can to finding players in all through all the 
avenues that are available to us. Coach recommendations always um, are ways that we, you know, we may get um, notified of a player. So we, we there's certainly rely on coaching friendships and relationships to find guys or scouts will potentially uh, point guys in our direction. Um, but, you know, we spend time, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've been very fortunate to land quite a few players out of the Stanford baseball camps over the last 10 years. Um, so we've targeted that because typically they've attracted a pretty elite uh, academic student profile to that camp and kids that are pretty good players. So, you know, th that's an area where we've spent a good amount of time, but we've traveled all over. Mostly we spend most of our time in the Western United States. So along, you know, the West coast, um, up to Oregon and Washington, Arizona, Nevada, California, a little bit of time in Hawaii. Um, and then we've had, we've had a lot of success, uh, in Colorado as well. So, you know, it just, it just depends on, uh, what events are out and what we can get to, but we spread our staff out. We try to be as much as we can, but ultimately for us in the recruiting process, when we identify a player, whether it's on online or it's at a tournament or at a showcase or, or anything, our, our ultimate goal is to get as many kids to come visit our campus as possible. And, um, and so that's really usually the quick follow-up to seeing a kid is, is trying to get them either at a prospect camp or to come by and see our campus because, um, you get a much better understanding for any campus when you get a chance to be there and experience the culture and the environment. Absolutely. If I'm a student athlete and I want to connect with your program, what would be the best way for me to do so? Is it email? Is it prospect camps? Uh, you know, showcases? What, what What's the combination that makes sense that yeah, kind of gets me say, on your radar? Yeah, I would say it's a combination of a couple of things. Um, ideally for us, I mean, in a perfect world, it's an email um to our associate head coach Tony Kagul is our pitching coach full-time assistant recruiting coordinator he kind of has a whole wears a few hats but um he's usually going to be the guy that's kind of coordinating video profiles things like that so just getting an early introduction through him uh, or myself um and then getting to a prospect camp or at least getting a schedule in front of us so that if there's a showcase that the athlete's going to be at that we'll be attending we'll know that we can look out for them there. But our main goal, like I said, is to get a kid on our campus, not just so that they can see if they like, you know, the location and the facilities, but for them to get a chance to experience who we are as an institution and for, for us to get a chance to experience and, and get to know them a little bit, but get to experience whether or not we feel like they would fit what we're looking for in our program. And it's always easiest to do on campus. Um, when, when prospective students can meet our players and be with our coaches a little bit, uh, it's really that that's really our ultimate goal. So the best way to just get on our radar, if, if it's an interested recruit is introduce themselves via email, send over whatever info they have. Um, video is always helpful. It's a good way to just start identifying a kid's skill set and then uh, try to figure out a way to get on campus, whether it's a prospect camp or, or, um, um, just scheduling a visit. And then if that's not possible, letting us know what tournaments and showcases they'll be at. So if we have the ability, we'll try to go see them. You talked a little bit about fit and it's something that we also talk a lot about at college baseball matches. There's a difference between a match and a fit. Um, how we define matches, it's going to be those initial traits and qualities to distill it down as best you can. Am I at least uh, fitting a match for this type of program? Um, both on the field and, and in the classroom. And, uh, you know, that's a, a fairly general idea. We've tried to drill down every single school, and I think we've done a very successful job at that. But 
that doesn't answer the question. The, the question comes down to, is there, is it, is it the right fit? And so what would you tell me if I'm a student athlete who's connected with you, I've determined that I'm a match. How would you help me determine whether or not I'm a fit for your particular baseball program? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. And that's one of the harder things to do. I think it does take a lot of digging. I think you're right. You, you really do have to kind of bear down on the details, but for us, what we sort of focused on is um, pay attention to the size, making sure that, you know, um, 1,250, roughly 1,250 students, that, that campus population size um, feels right. The classroom size feels right. And you can experience that when you visit here so that you get a true sense of, um, I, that's why I always encourage a visit because I want kids to actually experience it to understand if it feels right rather than sort of conceptualize whether or not they think that they would like it or not. Um, but then for us, given that we're a, a faith-based school, I think just, you know, uh, and at least an express desire of being at a place like Westmont where, um, you know, there is, uh, there's going to be, um, components of the Christian faith built into the academic experience and the social experience on our campus. And so, you know, an, an interest in what you might learn in chapel or an interest in a couple of religious studies courses that you'll take. Um, obviously a kid that wants to be at a Christian school that's committed to growing in their faith, that's certainly one one way to determine from a social standpoint if it will be an, an easy fit. Um, but I think that it's really imperative that kids get a chance to come here and see our school so they can see what that actually looks like and how that plays out on our campus in terms of our culture. Um, I think when kids get a chance to do that, they usually know, um, you know, that question sort of becomes evident. The answer to that question becomes evident through the process of whether or not this is a fit. Um, and then on the baseball side, it's really a commitment to just um, character and integrity. Like that, that's for me, that's, there's really no substitute, right? I, I can't expect a kid to be perfect. I can't expect them to stay healthy, but I can expect them to work hard, be, be a strong moral person with good character and have integrity when he makes a mistake, own it and grow through it. Um, those things are, are, um, I want a kid that wants to be pushed and challenged, not just to become the best possible base, baseball player he can become, but um, who wants to be pushed in terms of the type of man he's going to become. And, uh, and and we really try to live that and not talk a whole lot about it, um, but it is absolutely imperative. And so if a kid doesn't really want to get pushed to that end, it's probably going to be hard to say that Westmont's a fit. Everybody, most guys that come on campus love our facility and love how close we are to the beach, but you know you're going to have to to identify if you're a fit. I think wanting to be at a Christian college, wanting to be pushed academically as much as you want to be pushed on the field. And then, um, and then wanting to be challenged in, in, you know, your character being molded and shaped and formed in the time that you're here. And, um, uh, those types of things as part of your baseball experience, I think, um, kids who want all three of those, they're going to thrive here. They're going to love it. It'll be a great fit. That's uh, very well said. Um, last kind of question about the recruiting process. If, you know, we both discover that I'm a fit for your program at Westmont, uh, can you outline the steps of how we then come to a final decision? Yeah, typically for us, you know, we're able to then um, start to collect all your information like transcripts, test scores, FAFSA, those types of things. We really try to get out ahead of figuring out um, – sort of where you're going to fit on the admission scale, where you're going to fit in terms of financial aid, because my next goal is really getting to what I call like the finish line of affordability. So uh, if we've established 
strong mutual fit the match is right um we feel like all the areas we can check all the boxes this is a guy we want in our program the next steps then become um, working hand in hand with me financial aid and admissions to get everything submitted um, and i'll walk the student athlete through that process um, um, but get all that stuff submitted so that we can start to get back information on the different types of aid that will become available. Being a, a small private school, our tuition number is high, like many small private schools um, are the same. Uh, but, uh, you know, we want to work towards figuring out how competitive is our financial aid going to be, because usually that's going to be the determining factor for families that are kind of on the bubble. Um, they really want to be here. They just need to know that, hey, we've got a, we got a clear cut plan. It's going to work financially for four years. And being an NAI program, it's a scholarship level of baseball. So there's three three ways that you can get financial aid at our institution. Um, as a as a recruited athlete, you can potentially get academic merit scholarship, which are all posted on our our admissions website. You can potentially get um, need based aid based on the information submitted in your FAFSA, and then you can potentially get athletic scholarship. And those three types of aid can get st stacked together at our institution. And so we're working to put together the most competitive financial aid packages for the best fit kids for our, our college as often as possible. So those next steps really look like that. And once we get close to sorting that out and feel like we've found a clear path that's going to work and a kid's feeling like he's ready to commit, then we're just going to send all of the, you know, letter of intent type paperwork out um, to try to finalize the process. Great. That was a very thorough answer. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. You know, we're going to we're going to shift a little bit and go into our closing nine section. These are nine yeah. questions meant to be a little fun uh, and a sentence or less type answers. So we'll start with number one, which is what time do you wake up in the morning? 445 a.m. pretty much every day. Is that is that now is that just your own internal clock or or how did how did that come about or when did you start that? Uh, a couple of years ago, I, ne I never used to be a morning person, but I'm fully bought in on the idea of creating discipline in your life, partially through waking up early. Um, and as soon as I started to institute that, uh, spills over in a lot of areas of your life, but, um, kind of a long set of circumstances, but I, I work at, I live in Santa Barbara, so I get to go work out on the beach at, at 545 every morning. I wake up at 445, um, to sort of get myself prepared for that. Is that, you mentioned discipline, is that a, a Jocko? podcast uh <laughs> yeah i'm a, I'm a big up? jocko guy i like jocko he fired okay. me up <laughs> right, just checking just checking the combination yeah. between you saying discipline and 445 yeah okay yeah. just checking i've taken a picture uh, of my watch once or twice before uh, great <laughs> yeah is that something you've ever tried to institute with your team uh we talk about it a lot we've done some early morning stuff i i don't know that they're as fully bought in as i am but we have a little fun with it that's good Okay. Uh, yeah. Number two, favorite baseball movie? I'd go with The Natural. Number three, favorite baseball player growing up? Grew up in the Bay Area, watched Barry Bonds as a younger uh, a baseball player myself, and he was always, I was a big Giants fan, so I, I'd say Barry Bonds. He's pretty special. If you were to choose one person to play you in a movie, who would it be? Matt Damon. That was a tough one, but that's where I landed. Sunflower seeds, David or Spitz? Uh, I'm going Spitz. Sweet chili. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, DH or no DH? DH. I'm a hitting guy, so love the DH. Who is the most talented player you've ever coached, played with, or played against? Uh, well, uh, when I was an assistant at APU, I had the chance to help out coaching Stephen Vote and Kirk Neuenheis, both who became big leaguers. Vote was a two-time All-Star, um, so he was probably the most talented with the skill set he had. He was unbelievable. At Westmont, uh, Michael Stefanik, who just graduated, signed with the Angels, was probably one of the most talented position guys I've ever coached. And then Andrew Vasquez, who just made it up to the bigs with the Twins this year, left-handed pitcher, Russell Harmoning, right-handed pitcher, who's drafted by the Nationals. All three of those guys um, were pretty pretty special, but there's a lot. I feel bad for the guys I left out, but those are probably the most su- successful pro guys I've had and also uh, most successful college guys. Yeah, and I'm sure you plan on adding to that list. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eight, it's game seven of the World Series, bottom nine with runners in scoring position. Who do you want in the batter's box? So so I'm assuming we're talking about past or present big leaguers. And uh, that's if that's correct. the case, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Tony Gwynn because he's probably not going to strike out. Last question. What is the most important character trait of a Westmont player? Kind of a 50-50 tie, integrity and work ethic. Um, those are the two things, first things that came to mind uh, when you ask that. Um, you know, and integrity doesn't mean always that you always do everything right, but that you just, you are who you say you are and you continue to work to get better. And work ethic is huge for me. Guys that want to put in time to, to get better. Um, typically have always been guys that I've just seen make tremendous strides in college and, and always just, uh, had a ton of respect for. That's great. Uh, coach Ruiz, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and we wish you the best of luck this season and we hope to have you on once more. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Um, and we wish you the best of luck this season and we hope to have you on once. Well, that's all we have for today. If you haven't already done so, we highly recommend you go on our website, fill out a profile, update your current profile, and just explore. The recruiting process is about information gathering, and that's what we strive to do, to provide you the best information possible so you can make the best possible decision. Now, you can either follow us on social media or email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com with any questions you may have about the process. 